So my friends, our gospel today is a call to what can be called missionary discipleship. That this call of our Lord that we read about here in the first chapter of John's gospel is not specifically the call to a particular ministry in the church. We're going to read about that next week when uh, Jesus calls the same Peter and Andrew and James and John. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, And so when we talk about vocation in the church, we're not just talking about, you know, priests and religious. Uh, We're talking about the call to holiness, vocation, the universal call to holiness, to discipleship, and particularly to missionary discipleship, where we follow Jesus, and having followed him and met him, we share his good news with others. Now, a few, another kind of preliminary point on this reading is that this call to follow Jesus, whether it's in holiness, the universal call to holiness, or in a specific vocation, it's not just a one-time deal, right? So everyone that's like, oh yeah, I already followed Jesus. Like, let me check out for the next eight to ten minutes. Um, No, this is something that is for all of us, for each of us, and it has to be renewed, right? Jesus always invites us, follow me, again and again, every day, multiple times a day. As a priest, right, Jesus continues to call me to be a priest, right, and to follow him. So again, what we'll hear next week, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That's not something I just heard once 18, 18 years ago now, right, and then I'm like, all right, uh, I did it, right, I answered the call, No, like today, Jesus had to say to me again today, follow me. Like, you need to follow me today. You need to be a fisher of men today, right? Just like married couples. It's not like, oh, I made that promise one time to be faithful to you. And like, once was enough. I said it. I don't need to renew that in any way. I said it once. No, it needs to be renewed every day, right? It needs to be renewed frequently. I, I, I will in this moment be faithful to you and love you. And honor you. So when we're hearing about this call, it's not about someone else. It's about each of us. Each of us, again, being invited deeper with Jesus Christ. And the kind of way that the story progresses shows us what this looks like. The first is that John the Baptist is the one who points out Jesus. Behold, behold the Lamb of God. And for us, very often, There was somebody at the beginning, and maybe somebody still today, who in a way points out Jesus to us, right? They they invited us, they they invite us to see Jesus, to maybe get to know him. Behold the Lamb of God, right? Somebody I'm sure that many of us, if not most of us, all of us, didn't just like randomly stumble into church that first time. We were maybe brought by family, right, by parents, invited by a friend, but somebody pointed out, like, behold the Lamb of God, right, like that, this, this is important. And then these two disciples, who we know are Andrew, the, bro- the brother of Peter, and John, the brother of James, they begin following Jesus, right, they just follow after him. Now, they're not quite disciples yet, they're a little bit more like stalkers, right? They're, they're awkwardly following behind him. Uh, the impression would be that 
he's just continuing on his way, and they're just kind of being, they're creepering a little, right? They're just trying to, what do we do? How do we, how do we get his attention? He's a little famous, so like we don't want, he's the Lamb of God apparently, so we don't want to, we don't want to make this awkward, and maybe Jesus didn't turn around right away, but you know, he was in a crowded area, and then he gets into a little bit more of a remote area, and they, they keep following him, and now it's getting really kind of awkward and suspicious, sus, as the kids would say today, right? And so, so now what, what happens? Like, they don't know what to do, and maybe that's us. As we're following Jesus, we don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do? And then it's Jesus who takes the initiative. They don't know what to do. So he takes the initiative. He turns around and he says to them, why are you following me? Right? No, he says, what are you looking for? Here, let me, we could ask a good question. What are you looking for? What do you seek? What are you looking for? It's a deep question that Jesus can ask each one of us in our hearts today. What are we looking for? What do we want? Right? What, what is it that we really want? I'm reading a book right now. It's called The Practicing Mind. It's by a piano tuner who tunes world-class pianos for major performances in metropolitan areas like Manhattan, right? Boston, Chicago. And he's the piano tuner. And he, like you picture somebody who's a prodigy or practiced their entire life, they go to play on a piano, if that piano is even a little bit out of tune, all of the skill of the artist dissipates, right? It's like an, uh, the best artist playing on an out-of-tune piano, it just ruins the whole performance. So he's got a very stressful job. And this book is all about focusing on what's happening in the present moment. Not just, okay, I'm going to get this over with and move on to the next thing, but focusing on the present moment. What do I want right here and now? Not just let's get mass over so we could go to breakfast, so I could go, I don't know, is there football tonight or has it all been canceled? Whatever, right? So I could go do whatever else I have to do. So just move on to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. Get to next weekend and then the weekend after that. Get to next year and then the year after that until what, we die? Right, like that's, that's it. We're just trying to go next thing to next thing and never really engaging what we're in and where we are, what are you looking for? What do you want? What's the goal of the things we do? What's, what's the purpose? What are we looking for? Jesus can ask each one of us that question in our heart right now. What are we looking for? What do we really want? And they answer, um, they answer a beautiful answer. Maybe they were stumbling and just, on a surface level, Rabbi, where, where are you staying, right? Because obviously you don't live around here, so what hotel are you at? Uh, where? But in a deeper way, that answer, Rabbi, teacher, teacher, Jesus the teacher, where do you stay? Where do you remain? I want peace. I want stability. I don't want to just know where, you, you know, I, I don't want just right now, like I want lasting, a lasting relationship. This can't just be a temporary thing, Jesus. Rabbi, where do you stay in a way that's going to bring that deep, that lasting relationship? Rabbi, where are you staying? Where do you 
remain. And Jesus invites them. He invites them deeper. He doesn't just give them directions. And Jesus never just gives us directions. He invites us. Come and see. Come and see. We're not just going to explain it to you. No, come and live it. Come and live this. Come and stay with me. Come and see. And that's his invitation to each one of us. To come, to become part of this in a deeper way. Lord, how can I be a more faithful Catholic? Well, come and see. Just start doing it, right? Come follow Jesus. Get to know him better. Learn his life and try to imitate it in your own life. Come. Come and you will see. Come and see. The church is not just a book that you could read sitting on a couch on a nice Sunday afternoon, and that's Catholicism, right? Or listen to Catechism in a Year, which is a great podcast. I think we recommended the bulletin. You should probably listen to it, right? But it's not like, oh, I listen to Catechism in a Year. I, I get it. Like, no. It has to be lived, right? We have to live our faith. Come and see. Come and experience it. Be part of it. And they do. They do. They, they follow him, right? They go. We hear they stayed with him that day. So they went and saw where Jesus was staying, where he remained. And they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Now, that's a little detail that John remembers because he was there. Even from the time he was a kid, John may here have been no more than 12 or 13 years old. And he remembers it. He remembers this meeting with Jesus. But four in the afternoon is also a risky time, right? Because if Jesus turned out to be a weirdo, four in the afternoon, in this time period, you don't travel at night, right? You're not, there's no backup. Now you can't call an Uber, right? It's dark and it's dangerous. And so if it didn't work out, they'd be stuck. They would be stuck there with this weirdo preacher, right? They had to take the risk. And that's something that we too, as we come and see, as we follow Jesus, as we embark on the path of missionary discipleship, we have to take the leap, right? We have to be willing to make the investment into really following him. We have to be willing to, you know, not have a safety net. And if, again, some of us are here, but we know, like, hey, if it doesn't work out, like, whatever, I can sleep in on Sunday morning. And if this religion thing doesn't work out, like, no. We, we are, you know, Cortez burning the ships when you get to the new land, right? We're not going back. We have decided to follow Jesus. And there's no turning back from that. We want to invest and not have the safety net ejector seat. We want to go. We want to go deep. That's how the, apostles, the early apostles did it. They took that risk. It was four in the afternoon. There's no backup plan. And so uh, we need to be willing to not just live safe Catholicism, where I can do my thing. It doesn't affect the rest of my life. I come to church. I like the community. But it's kind of safe, and I, it doesn't affect my life. No, we need to live radical Catholicism, radical discipleship. Where my love of Jesus Christ impacts my entire life. It shapes every interaction, every friendship, every conversation. It's shaped by the fact that I love 
Jesus. And Jesus loves me. My friend. Jesus is my friend. And that should shape my whole life. Here's the last point. Is that we hear that after this night. They, after this kind of, you know, awkward following. And then rabbi, teacher, where are you staying? And they go and they stay and they see. That the next day. Andrew went out and he found his brother Simon. He had to tell him about it. And he doesn't say we found a really good teacher or a great place to stay or even a nice community. He says, we have found the Messiah. We found the Messiah, the one, Jesus, who is the Christ, right? We found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. So as John pointed out, Jesus for Andrew, Andrew brings his brother, Simon Peter, to Jesus. And we, too, as we encounter them, we got to go tell people, I found the Messiah. Where did you go Sunday morning at 8 o'clock? I went to church. What would you do? I found the Messiah. I found God. Like, I found him. Come and see. Right? Come and, come and meet him as well. And he brought his brother to Jesus. And so we, we have to be very apostolic. We have to, our goal as missionary disciples, not just regular disciples, but missionary disciples, is that we encounter Jesus and then we bring people to him. And the people that we start with, it doesn't need to be like, oh, yep, so I'm going to go. I'm going to, you know, Trader Joe's later and uh, I'm going to find a stranger and tell them about the Messiah. Good, do that. But who's the first people we should go to? Our own family, our friends, our coworkers, those that are closest to us in life, right? He went first and he found his brother. And he said, we found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. And so we, maybe each one of us, it'd be a good thing to pray about today. Today, right now, here in church, Pray about it. Lent is coming up in just about a month. Easter, six weeks after that. Who can we invite to Jesus? Each one of us. Who can we invite? Who's somebody that's not going to be at church today that we can invite? From this radical encounter, we come to know the Messiah and with all love, gentleness, not being pushy or bossy, but a real invitation to come. Come and see. Come and meet the Son of God. Maybe each one of us can make a resolution that between now and Easter, we invite two or three people to come to church with us. Not commanding them, go to church, right? But come with me. Hey, I'm going to Mass at 8 o'clock this Sunday. Why don't you come and we'll go out to breakfast after? Right? A simple, gentle invitation. If they say, no, not interested, okay. But invite them again, you know, a couple weeks later. Invite them gently. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, someone brings a problem. Well, hey, I'm, I'm going to be going to church tomorrow or the next day. Why don't you come with me? We can, we can bring that to God together. We can pray about it together. Right? Come. Come and meet Jesus. Come and meet the Messiah, my friend, who I fell in love with. My friends, this is what we can be as missionary disciples. It's not just someone else. It's each, if we, each one of us,
takes up this call today. Imagine what our church can look like come even Easter Sunday morning, just a couple months away. What would it look like if we really lived that? And so let's ask our Lord for this grace that as we've encountered him, as we know him to be the son of God, so we too can invite our friends and family to come and meet the Messiah, our Savior, Jesus Christ.